0: Today's conversation is with Corey Peterson and a whole group of local book lovers here to share and discuss their recommended reads, and we'll pull them up live now.
1: Thanks, Oren. So welcome to Summer Stream Live, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. Here we discuss a different topic each week with local individuals. At the end of every show, we have a trivia question with a chance to win a $20 gift certificate to Singling Alley Books. So stay tuned and be ready to call 772-3808 for your chance to win today. And today we have a very special um, announcement too. It was the end of the Summer Stream... Um, Challenge the summer reading program at the Petersburg Public Library. And so I have four grand prize winners to announce So here we go Um, these are the winners they completed the summer stream challenge and all of them earned at least 20 badges actually all of them earned way more than 20 badges and um, It's the first time we've run the program this long. We ran it for 11 weeks, I believe. And so each one of these people have won $250 gift certificate to a local business of their choice. And the library will be contacting you to find out which business you would like that um, gift certificate to. So here are the winners for the Summer Stream Challenge. Miss Ivy Warhatch. um, Mr. Ben Carmel and Miss Amelia Anderson, and Mrs. Tara Lucas. So those are our four winners for the Summer Stream Program. Congratulations. And now, today, we're going to do recommended reads, and we have a lot of people today, and I've never had this many people (laughs) on the show at one time, so we will learn as we go. Um, So... I'm Karen Peterson from the Petersburg Public Library, and today we're going to be talking with Elsa Ethelbaugh, Oliver Peterson, Barb Fish, Jay Stanton-Gregor, Bill Moulton, Mary Ellen Anderson, and Sue Paulson about the books they like to hi- that they would like to highlight as fabulous recommended reads. Um, and I think today we're going to start with Elsa. Elsa is an avid reader in town for the summer. Uh, gillnet tendering with her family during the school year she lives in Bellingham Washington so welcome Elsa hello hi um so what I know we have talked about Elsa and I have had many conversations about what she uh, would like to um recommend and you wanted to recommend a whole series is that correct yeah yeah so you want to tell us about that
2: um, yeah, the series I'm recommend recommending is called Warriors, and, yeah.
1: And so, do you know the author of that series?
2: Um, yeah, Aaron Hunter, which is a group of people. Oh, it, really,
1: it is. I did yeah. know that. Okay. And, um, so we were talking about this there's and you were talking about the first warrior series cuz there's several series in this. Guess, you were talking the warrior series yeah okay
2: just the whole series i guess yeah because um the first series or the first group of six books it's it's very good, but a lot of the other ones are a lot better. And one of the reasons I really like this series is because there's a lot of books in it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes, you read a lot. <laughs> and um, so how many books are in the
2: series overall, about? About? Yeah. That's a hard question, but... At least 30, at very least. I'd say 50, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And
1: so you were saying, as we were talking about this, about the need to read them in order.
2: Is there a need to read them in order? Um, Some books you should read in order and some there aren't. Basically, there's, a, there's the Warriors series, but then there are groups that have six books in it and the order is for the titles over those six books would be the prophecies begin the new prophecy power of three a vision of shadow oh no not a vision of shadows Onum of the stars and then a vision of shadows and then the broken code and then there's another one that you can read pretty much anywhere which is dawn of the clans
1: Okay. But you had a you had a spot that you recommended that you read Dawn of the Clans. Was it after the third book?
2: Yeah, after the third group of six books. You thought that was
1: a great place to read Dawn of the Clans at. Yeah. Okay. And why do you like what do you like about the actual stories themselves? What type of books are they?
2: Um, they're fiction and or fantasy and I really like that about them but I also like that it's takes place in the same world that I guess we live in but it's from a different point of view okay and whose point of view is it from um I guess animals okay
1: so the animals speak in the book
2: I guess they speak, but they don't speak okay. English or whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause it's fantasy. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, Elsa. I sure appreciate it. Okay. And next I have Oliver. Um, and so Oliver is a student at Midcoff middle school who is noted for spending any and all spare moments reading. And um, I, I, yeah, one of those kids where you have to ask them to put the book down and do what
3: they're supposed to be doing.
1: <laughs> so, Oliver, welcome to the program.
3: Hi. Uh, I'm recommending The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas.
1: Mm. Okay, and why are you recommending
3: that book? Well, I guess with all the protests and stuff, I thought it would be nice to kind of share that book, and I guess it's just good.
1: Okay. what What is good about it?
3: Um, it shines a very large spotlight on police brutality and it shows how it can affect the communities that are most affected by police brutality. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And so, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about the title and the meaning of the title?
3: Uh, Sure. The title is actually a, uh, I don't know the actual word for it, but it stands for, Thug um, is it's I think it's based off of a song by Tupac that I am not familiar with. So I can't really tell you more, but yeah.
1: And so what does Thug, um, yeah. So Thug it is the hate you give is based off of a song by Tupac and, um, and Doug stands for The Hate You Give. And it's about how we raise um, <laughs> children in unkind ways in poverty and what that does to them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else you wanted to say about this book? Do you recommend this book just because of the protests, or did you enjoy reading the book?
3: Oh, I enjoyed reading the book. Uh, not just because of the protests. Um, it's a good. It's a good book, and you don't have to have a reason to read it.
1: Yeah, and also this book was made into a film. So if you didn't want to read the book, you could also watch the movie. Um, and and it's a fabulous book. And anything else you wanted to say?
3: No.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, we have some recordings that I wanted to share from... Barb Fish and Jay Stanton Greger, and um, so yeah, we'll start there. So this is Miss Barb Fish, and she's going to tell you all about who she is in her pre-recorded. She couldn't be here today, um, so here we go. So I'm getting reports that we can't hear that. Um, I'm going to start it over. I have her turned up now. I'm Borg
4: Fish. My husband Rick and I moved to Petersburg eight years ago from Seattle, and we love it here. I have the good fortune to be a member of the Soup and Books Book Club and a member of the library board. I've met many of you at the Friends of Petersburg Library's book sales. This wet imitation of a summer has been a perfect time to enjoy good books. Here are three of my favorites. The Boys in the Boat, published in 2014 by Daniel James Brown, is an amazing book about the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Eight or Crew from the University of Washington, my alma mater, was composed of nine working class boys from the West Coast who rowed their way to victory to defeat first the elite teams from the East Coast and then the German boat rowing for Adolf Hitler in Berlin. Even though you know how the story will end, you are continually cheering for the boys in the boat to keep rowing and rowing and working together to win. Against all odds, they do win, a truly exciting climax as the boat crosses the finish line. Here's the second book, A Gentleman in Moscow. A novel published in 2019 by Amor Towles is about Count Alexander Rostov in 1922, the Bolsheviks considered the Count an unrepentant aristocrat, and he is sentenced to house arrest at the Metropole Hotel across from the Kremlin in Moscow. He becomes a man with a purpose, spending his time, energy, and hidden money on successfully creating an outcome he at first did not even realize he wanted. The Count creates a magical series of events that have an equally magical ending. I really like the surprises at the end of the book. Number three, Codename Helene, written in 2020 by Ariel Lahan, is based on Nancy Wake's incredible life. In 1936, she was an Australian expatriate living in Paris who married a very wealthy French industrialist. After the Nazi invasion of France, she became a smuggler of people. She eventually became a powerful leader of the World War II French resistance after escaping France, training with special operations in Britain, and being airdropped back into France. She accomplishes the impossible, always wearing her ruby red lipstick. Again, a story of perseverance and a can-do attitude against all odds. Never quit. Happy reading. No matter the weather, enjoy the rest of the summer.
1: Okay, so that was Barb Fish. And um, up next, I have Jay Stanton Greger, um, and he pre-recorded his also. He is an avid reader who I've had many delightful conversations with about books and film. So here is Jay's. And please let me know if you cannot hear it.
0: My name is Jay Stanton Gregor, and I'm going to give a brief review of Stephen King's novella, The Mist, written in 1980. The story begins in New England and Maine in a drought-ravaged summer. The Drayton family sits in their backyard, watching the storms build on the horizon. Although the storms had passed and not hit in previous evenings, the family feels pretty confident that this time it's going to hit. The storm does, in fact, hit. The family heads inside and runs to the basement. At wee hours in the morning, they hear glass breaking upstairs. The tree flies through the window. In the morning, they realize the damage was extensive. David fires up the chainsaw, clears the driveway, cuts the tree down that had crushed their boathouse, and his neighbor, Brent Norton, walks over and asks for help as his driveway is completely blocked. So David and his son, Billy, and Brent Norton from next door head in town to the grocery store. The power is out in the grocery store, but the truckers are making do. Places place is packed and the lines are long. And eventually, a dense mist rolls across the parking lot and covers the grocery store. Within seconds, the people inside can tell this is no ordinary mist. It's more dense and it has an acrid smell to it. And this is where it becomes a true Stephen King story. The monsters of the mist flock to the glass of the grocery store, it becomes a psychological thriller. A community of people trapped in a grocery store trying to find a way out where monsters wait for them outside. It's a simple story, but it keeps you riveted the entire time, wondering what would you do if you were stuck inside a grocery store with no way to get out. You have plenty of food, but things that want to come in, and things that want to eat to you that want to come in. I highly recommend this story to anybody, so I won't give any spoilers from here.
1: So that was Jay Stanton Greger. And now, um, next, I would like to introduce Bill Moulton. He is a writer and a reader. He prefers to read the old, very old works, and I'll let him talk about that. I personally hope to read a novel written by Bill one day.
5: <laughs> so Thank welcome, you. Bill. Um, in a previous life, I fought for the Forest service which entails a whole lot of hurry up and wait. So you must have a book handy that you enjoy reading a lot. I chose for that book and read read it 13 times on the fire line, The Princess Bride, S. Morgenstein's classic tale of love and high adventure. The Good Parts version by William Goldman. If you don't know William Goldman, you probably know him as a playwright. He did Masquerade, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, Stepford Wives, All the President's Men, a whole bunch more stuff. So it's a uh, book set in the uh, Renaissance era, they say. And what's it about? It is about fencing, fighting, torture, poison, true love, hate, revenge, giants, hunters, bad men, good men, beautifulest women, snakes, spiders, beasts of all natures and descriptions, pain, death, Brave Men, Coward Men, Strongest Men, Chases, Escapes, Lies, Truths, Passions, and Miracles. <laughs> uh, it was written in 73 and became a movie in 87. Um, uh, very popular movies, sort of a cult classic. Yeah. And uh, I, the copy I have now is the 30th anniversary reprinting. And I think there's been more since this came out. Um, and it is about oh the Sicilian dread pirate, Robert, dread pirate Roberts, Princess Buttercup who happens to be the most beautiful woman in the world, uh, the giant Physic. When Goldman wrote the book, he was thinking of Andre the Giant for the movie, and he got that to happen later on. Um, I love it. I obviously I. My favorite part is when uh, Inigo Montoya finally finds the six fingered man that slew his father. He d- discovers Count Count Rugen. He meets Count Rugen when they're storming the castle and chases him throughout the whole rest of the book while everybody else is doing something else, like, you know, defeating Count, uh, Prince Humperdinck. My favorite part was uh, I tabbed the book so I could go from one. Episode where he was chasing the count to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. That part I've read 26 times on the last count.
1: Just just the chase of the count?
5: Just the count, yes. <laughs> okay. What'd you like to know?
1: I think that that covers
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, and you've told me you've read this, you've read the whole book how many times?
5: 13 times, on the last count.
1: Wow. So... Yes, I have seen the movie. I haven't read the book, but I know my, my cousin is one of those cult followers of this.
5: Yes. The book is very faithful. I mean, the movie is very faithful to the book. The other part you miss is uh, Goldman making sarcastic comments throughout.
1: Okay. Which are probably humorous. Very. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bill. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> that. And... Next we have Mary Ellen Anderson She is recently retired elementary school librarian who is enjoying more time For reading now Mary Ellen has a true gift for talking with people about their interests and recommending a book that they might enjoy so welcome Mary Ellen
4: Well,
6: thank you and thank you to KFSK and the library for making this happen It's really fun to hear everybody's ideas of what makes a great book um, in my case, every now and then a book comes along that affects you so deeply that there's a kind of a shift in how you see the world ever after. And this book was one of those rare gems for me. Um, it's one maybe a lot of people have read because it was published in 2013. It's called Braiding Sweetgrass Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Uh, it was published by Milkweed Editions. Now, I listened to this book, which I don't normally do. I love having a book in hand, a um, physical paper book, but I was down in Seattle caring for mom and uh, clearing out my dad's old garden beds that had been overgrown. And so I was listening to this book, working to revive these gardens and something about the combination of having my hands in the dirt that my dad nurtured for years and years, 40 years, And then listening to Kimmerer's profound and lyrical messages was just magical for me. Um, As it says in the preface, and I have a quote here that I wrote down, the book is an intertwining of science, spirit, and story. Old stories and new ones that can be medicine for our broken relationship with the earth. The author is a botanist, which I was... That's what I went to college for to begin with before I switched to an English major But so it was fascinating to me in that respect. She's a well-respected botanist And she uses stories metaphors and visual imagery to explain and and enhance the science of botany While at the same time using the science to deepen and extend those stories and metaphors Um, the book also includes her personal stories of raising her two children Um, her reacquainting herself with her uh, indigenous heritage and her search for her roots in that indigenous knowledge. And it's uh, written in a very soothing, thought-provoking and poetic read. And in her own voice, it's just so much more special. What's funny is after I read it, I was so moved. I called two friends immediately and said, you have to read this book. And both of them said, oh, I tried it. I couldn't get into it. And I was so shocked and stunned. Uh, (laughs) But I think that for me, maybe listening to it had something to do with it in the author's own voice, plus the situation I was in where I was doing something with the earth and in a very meaningful, emotional place for me. And in her way, her book is full of her emotion with um, her career and her heritage and everything. I think there's something to being the right book at the right time. And I've had a few in the past that I've tried starting once and then came back two years later and then was able to finish it. So that happens a lot. A third friend just finished it and said she absolutely loved it. So you never know. (laughs) Give it a try.
1: Well, thank you, Mary Ellen. And yeah, we had a conversation when I had asked you to do this and and you said that that was the book you would like to do. And I love that book also. And I actually remember where I was when somebody recommended it to me. Um, I was standing in line, um, a very, very long line outside of the salty pantry for the dancers fundraiser, their annual hamburger fundraiser. And, um, having a wonderful conversation with, uh, Suzanne Foucault in front of me who Mm -hmm. recommended that book. And, um, Yes, it is a it is a treasure of a book.
6: She has another one, Gathering Moss, and it was written first, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Oh. And I've I, I, I read both now, and I prefer the Gathering Sweetgrass. I think she really hit her stride in that one. Okay. So, well, well anyway. thank you for that.
1: Yeah. You're welcome. That, that is a wonderful book. And um, up next, we have Sue. Sue Paulson is a beloved local personality and avid reader. She is a retired Petersburg High School librarian known for her witty, fun commentaries. So welcome, Mm -hmm. Sue. Thank you, Kari.
7: Today, Permit Me to Recommend by Robert Harris, the book, Pompeii. It's a great time for us to be traveling around, voyaging in our own region, our own neighborhood, but if we want to go further around the earth, it's best to open up a good book, and here it is. Until Harris picked up his pen, I was under the impression that the architecture of Roman aqueducts was probably boring, but this piece of historical fiction makes it the background of a very good story. The pace and setting are bursting with conniving politicians, family drama, scientific research, true love, interesting food, the beautiful Italian coast, and it has, of course, a volcanic conclusion. The human story forces its way through the engineering details of the fabled Roman aqueduct system like an igneous intrusion. The love story is like magma finally erupting through the fissures created by constant earthquakes in the social arrangements of ancient Rome. Young engineer Marcus Attalus Primus is sent to find the reason water flow has been interrupted in towns around Pompeii, Corelia daughter of a corrupt real estate speculator, allies with him to reveal a water embezzlement scheme. Vesuvius starts to smoke the ground to shake. Pliny the Elder is drawn to the spectacle in the bay. Who will survive and how? A fascinating story from all angles. Of course, it ends with a big bang. At the library, Pompeii by Robert Harris. And if you like this one, said in Roman times, you might like his three volumes on the life and times of Cicero. Schoolboys like you, Oliver, used to painfully translate Cicero's observations on life and the Roman Republic from the Latin, but Harris does it for us and weaves them into dynamic and readable plots. And there is more, much more, from Robert Harris, historical fiction set in World War II. One in the contemporary Vatican, another drags pieces of the medieval world into a dystopian future. So I have to say the library is bursting with wonderful historical fiction and may I recommend Robert Harris.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Sue. And so I think we are running low on time. Um, Let's see, Oren, do you think we have time to do the trivia or not?
0: Sure, let's do some trivia.
1: Okay, I have I have a wonderful trivia question here. So, what is the title of the mystery novel written by beloved and retired Petersburg High School English teacher Carrie Ingi? The book was published in 2015. So, what is the title of the mystery novel written by beloved and retired Petersburg High School English teacher Carrie Ingi? If you think you know the answer to this, give us a call at 772-3808 for your chance to win today.
0: So while we're waiting for the phone to ring, let's, uh, let's hear the question one more time.
1: Okay. What is the title of the mystery novel written by beloved and retired Petersburg High School English teacher Carrie Inge. So this book was published in 2015. And Carrie also, after she retired from English, she went on to be the grant writer for Petersburg School District. Um, and this book is set set in Petersburg. And it's a mystery novel. So what is the mystery novel? written by Carrie Inge. Can you give us the title to that book?
7: Hey Tom. Okay so,
0: so we've yeah. got some colors coming in here so here's uh, the color on line three. I think that's our first color.
7: Crabbait. Okay. Who is that? Is this fair? This is Sue Paulson calling. It's <laughs> crab bait. <laughs> Yes, that's fair. Okay,
1: I have I have to say I noticed that that book was dedicated to Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so Sue, you are the winner of a gift certificate to Singly Alley Books. Nothing and, could be more wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you, and thank you all for joining us today. Um, this has been a real adventure and I hope that you got some great recommendations out of it. So, hopefully we will see everybody at the library and thank you to KFSK and the Friends of Petersburg Libraries for making this possible.
5: Thanks.
1: Okay.
7: Thank you thank everybody. everybody. <laughs> Great to hear
5: those
0: book recommendations there. And uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, simultaneously trying to chime in there with the trivia answer. The the phone lines uh, exploded all at once there, so that was really fun to see. Um, Great recommendations in there. Um, Yeah, very fun show.